Hi, everybody. Thank you. Wow, it's good to see you guys. So what have we got? We've got school holidays, uh, daylight saving. What else we got? Rain, the rugby. Yeah, the Warriors lost. There's a few people pretty upset. So, hey, it is so good to see you guys. If, you'd, if you're sitting by yourself, go and sit with someone else. Come sit forward or sit back. Just uh, take a moment because I just need to get a couple of things organized. Otherwise, say hello to the person next to you and uh, just give me one minute while I get myself sorted. Thank you. All right. Hey, how is everybody? Good. You guys good? Nice. Um, I was going to ask Kelly to do this, but Kelly, I don't think you're going to... Sorry. Uh, Hannah... No, I don't think you're tall enough. I'm sorry. Let's see if Hannah can do it. We've got our... Let's see. Does, do you know how to do it, Hannah? Okay. Lift it up. There we go. Hey, we have our new banner. We're doing the third of our five-part series on our cornerstones. Let's see if it gives you a big fright and she drops it. Okay, Hannah, do you need help? Let's encourage you. Go, Hannah. You can do it. Yay. Woo. There we go. All right. So let's just, let's just clarify. So uh, I dropped presence and you dropped relationship. But so far, Hannah is good. She didn't drop authenticity. Um, hey, so we are doing uh, the, the third part of our five-part series about our cornerstones. These are our key values here at Cornerstone. Uh, and we've got pictures for each one. But can I level with you? Um, we is, oh, and I hope he doesn't mind. Wave at me, Owen. Hope you don't mind me saying this. We struggled trying to find a really good picture for authenticity. We, we, we looked at some for like, you know, someone looking in the mirror. But if, you're, like, if you've got a good idea and you're like, hey, what, have you thought about this to illustrate authenticity? But what we've camped, we felt, we thought this was the best that we could come up with was um, here at Cornerstone, if you hadn't already picked it, we're semi-rural, right? Semi, let's capital semi, but that's okay. Uh, and we really enjoy the outdoors here at Cornerstone. Um, and you'll see that there's a mountain vista, and then there's a reflection of the mountains below. It's a picture of its authentic self. Like I said, it's a little bit of a push. If you can come up with a better idea, that is okay. All right. Hey, so we're doing authenticity. Hey, it is really good to see you. If I haven't seen you before, if we've not met, my name is uh, Andre, um, and I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone, along with an awesome group of people. Kia ora to those online. Um, we're going to do a few things today. Should be interesting. Are you guys ready for interesting? Okay, let's go. I say authenticity. We're doing authenticity today. And during worship, I had this picture it's an old photo that somehow has lasted on Facebook. There's several of them. And I'm going to be really authentic and vulnerable to you all. It's really embarrassing. Okay? Are you guys ready to see super embarrassing photos of me? Okay. Wait. Not yet. Wait. So when I moved from Invercargill, I just got saved down there. And I moved back to Hamilton. And um, I started in this, I kind of met a few people and there was a scene happening in Hamilton. Uh, the Hamiltonians will know this well in the mid-2000s. It was kind of like the emo sort of phase, but like hardcore, okay? Um, there was, has anyone ever heard of the, the, the um, I don't know, the movement of straight edge? Has anyone ever heard straight edge? Okay, so straight edges typically weren't Christian, but there were straight edge Christians, 
Uh, they were usually uh, quite uh, aggressive looking, covered in tattoos, usually vegetarian or vegan, uh, and they listened to hardcore screamo music. Okay? Now, I started dating a girl who was kind of into the straight edge scene, and uh, I wanted to just tell you that that really wasn't me, right? I really wasn't a part of that scene, but what happened is I wanted to be a part of something, and so uh, I wasn't overly authentic to my true self, but I went and joined the straight edge scene. Are you ready to see some embarrassing photos of me? All right, here we go. Okay, next one. That's embarrassing. This is in our band. There's, there I am looking cool up the top there. Any others? Oh, so bad. Okay, move on quickly. I just thought I'd be vulnerable and start with a laugh and say, look, I was in this scene and I was like, I was a vegetarian for three years and I was talking to a vegetarian last night and uh, she said, so why were you a vegetarian? And Hannah leans over and like, because of his girlfriend. And uh, I've got nothing against vegetarianism. I think it's awesome. But I did, <clears throat> the day we broke up, we broke up at 11 o'clock in the morning. And by lunchtime, I'd already eaten a bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> so it was evident to me it wasn't for my social reasons. It was rather, <clears throat> yeah, okay, moving on. So I wanted to start with a laugh. Uh, authenticity. I wasn't authentic. And really, when I came away from that, um, from that girl, that all kind of stopped. I you know, got rid of the hair dye and I no longer wore spikes and things like that. Okay. Um, we uh, at CLDP, which is our leadership development program, this Tuesday, just gone, um, we had a guy come in, um, Pastor Josh Van Berkel, who uh, teaches on communication and um, amongst other things. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to try and ask the, uh, answer these four questions for our sermon. So those who were in CLDP on Tuesday night, you guys can tell me if I've done a good job or not. Authenticity. Um, the key scripture we're going to use today is uh, 2 Timothy 2.15. Uh, I'm going to go through this fairly quickly because we've got a bit to get through today. Um, it says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. Everybody say Approved. Approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. You guys ready? Deep breath. Stretch your hands up. Go like this. All right, we're ready. Are you waving at me? YMC. No, okay. <clears throat> I tricked you. Okay. Do your best. Let's, let's start there. When it comes to authenticity, we're going to look at this scripture through the lens of authenticity or to live an authentic life. Do your best. There's a requirement of us to be self-aware and there's an action required to be authentic. Um, how many people know that you don't often, uh, authenticity doesn't come by default. You've got to work on it. It doesn't just happen. You've got to be authentic. Uh, and you've got to think about your actions, you've got to think about why you want to do stuff, uh, unpack that, and it's not a natural thing, sometimes it has to, we have to kind of push ourselves. So there's a self-awareness and an action required. Next one, we are one approved, one approved. The word approved in Greek is dokimos, uh, meaning tested, one who is of tried faith and integrity. So there's a connected, resourced, and sent person. When you're authentic, 
and you're living in an authentic life. Um, you're connected, you're resourced by the Lord, and you're sent with a mission from God. Um, and he has no need to be ashamed. Ownership of God's workmanship. Who here, raise your hand, trick question, who here, raise your hand, is not perfect, is in a process of growing and developing, and yeah, anyone else? If you didn't put your hand up, liar! (laughs) Rightly handling, working with integrity and authenticity. Okay, this is our key scripture. I want you to think about some of those as we go forward. I've got a few ideas, a few thoughts today. So why is authenticity uh, amongst the church important? Why is it important? This is one of my, you know, has anyone ever like, you read scriptures and you have your favorite scriptures and then you come across another scripture and you're like, oh, this is my new top five. Okay, First uh, John uh, 3.18 is in my new top five. It's simple, but I love it. It's very simply, it says, little children, let us not just love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Love with word and talk, but don't just love with that, but love it in deed and in truth. Very much seems like there's an action kind of part to that, right? John is saying, don't just love in words. What's that old, what's that say in the North Island? They say, uh, too much hooey, not enough dewey. Okay. It's a little bit of that here. Um, okay. I reckon one of the biggest issues with Christianity is the chasm, is the difference between what we know and what we do. We know a lot, but we don't always do the right thing. We know sometimes what the right thing is, but we don't always do it. I'm going to be really authentic again. Don't worry, there's no more embarrassing photos. But I probably, I'm just being really authentic, please don't stare at my tummy when I say this, but I probably could do to lose a couple of kilos. You know, I'm 40 now and I could probably lose a few kilos. I know that I should be looking after myself and doing better. But last night when we left an event and someone in the car that wasn't me said, we should go to McDonald's. I knew that that probably wasn't going to help me on this journey of losing a, a, you know, a few kilos. Uh, and it was my decision ultimately. But uh, there was a bit of a chasm between what I did and what I knew to be right. We had a, what did we have? McChicken burger combo. We shared it, so it's okay. Okay. There's an inauthenticness to that, where you say you're going to do one thing or you know what's right, and we don't actually do it. How many people here, let's be honest again, we're going to be really authentic. I've already been really authentic a couple times. I've not got any embarrassing photos of you, so you'll be okay. Wave your hand if you maybe in your Christian walk have known probably what the right thing to do is, and you haven't done it. Thank you. Thank you, Megan, being the first to put your hand up there. What even is authenticity? Here's a couple of ideas. If we had lots of time today, I'd get you guys to ask the question. Maybe it's telling the truth. Maybe it's consistent character that what you see on a Sunday is what you'd see at my house during the week. Maybe it's humility, being real. Ready? Deep breath. Get your eyes ready. Maybe it's all of those. <laughs> humility, genuine motives. Expressing emotions, acknowledging your faults, all of those things are probably good when it comes to authenticity. 
authenticity. Ah, yes. I've talked about this before. So I'm going to, if you haven't picked up on it, I'm going to encourage you today to be authentic, to tell the truth and to express how you feel about things. However, do that gently. You can't go home and be like, okay, <clears throat> you look fat in that. I don't like this. I don't like that. You smell when you, th- no. And then get to the end and be like, well, Pastor Dre told me it's fine. It's okay. He said I have to be authentic and tell the truth. Okay, now I have told this, um, this kind of analogy before, but I want to remind us, um, when it comes to truth and when it comes to authenticity, there's a few different ways you could do things. Imagine you've got someone who has walked for a whole day in the desert, you know, 45 degrees, screaming hot temperature. And they come up to you, they've made it through the day, and they say, Horatio, Brian, whatever your name is, Gwendolyn, I need a drink of water. You could give them a glass of water like this, or you could give them a fire hydrant hose to the face. Now, if you have lasted a whole day with no water and 45 degree heat in the sand and hot, um, you are going to get damaged and hurt by that. It's the same with truth and authenticity. You can do, you can say something right the wrong way. <gasps> I know, let me say that again. Some of you are like, well, what do you mean? You can say something right that is correct, but say it in the wrong way, in a hurtful, mean, aggressive way. So I want you to be authentic, but also have wisdom, okay? Don't go around being like, look at those shoes. All right. Drop by drop. Can I have my crew up, please? The guys that are going to help me with a couple of things. I don't know about you, but if I ask myself the question, um, if we are called to live a life that is authentic with truth as Christians, how do we get inauthentic? How are we not authentic? I don't know, but in that story that I told you, there was a desire for me to feel loved and connected. Is that wrong? No, it's not, it's not wrong for me to feel wanting the, the desire to be a part, having the desire to be a part of a community. Uh, and then what happened was, is over time, a few things happened, a few things entered my life, and I became quite different to the way that God had created me. Nothing wrong with those things, but that's not what God had created. And I knew that. I was totally in this crowd of people, and I was the odd one out, but I looked like everybody else. Okay. So, imagine this is your life. Can everybody see that? Okay, this is you. Now, I actually, and we've got some, some little colors here. I actually think that um, we all need to be colored and have a little bit of pizzazz in our lives. But for today's exercise, we're going to assume that you, this is how God has created you to be. Nice and clear, transparent, see-through. But what happens? You see what somebody else has. And you go, I could go down and do what they did. I know that they went to uni and did this. And I don't know if God's called me to that, but I really like their boat. And I want the boat. And they've got the boat, so I'm going to go and do this. So if this is your authentic self, you let a little drop in. And maybe you have a realization that this perhaps isn't what you are meant to be. And time happens. 
Now, you're still reasonably clear. You're doing okay. You know, would, you, would anyone drink water that was that color? Us, yes. Maybe. Maybe if you're like in the Maldives or something, right? So maybe, maybe it's the, the idea that someone else has got something that you want. Maybe it's just that you want to fit in. Maybe it's that who you are really doesn't work with the group of people you're around. Maybe having your faith in your workplace is not good for your job. So you just color yourself up a little bit to get into what everybody else is doing. Time happens. The spoon of time. You're quite different to the way that God created you now. He had a plan and a purpose for you, but you look quite different. Further things happen. An expectation around what you should look like. Maybe you've hurt. Maybe the way God created you to be is this way, but you've shed a little bit of blood on the journey. Anybody else shed a little bit of blood on the journey? Careful, Dre. I'm wearing white shoes. This is not smart. What's this called? Spoon of time. Suddenly, you look quite different. Has anyone in their lives found themselves down a path, found themselves in a situation, maybe spiritually even, and you realize you look a little bit more different than what you had started, and you're probably pretty sure that that is not what God has asked you to do. I've been here. I think many of us have been here. We're just going to let that sit. Drop by drop, things change. See, I think with authenticity, God has a plan. God has a plan. God has a plan for your authenticity. So if you've got a phone or you want to write some stuff down, you can do that here. John 8, 31. So Jesus said to the Jews um, who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, if you listen to it, you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you know who God is, you know who you are, and you're walking that out, that truth is going to set you free. See, finding your true authentic self is walking in a true freedom. When you can look at everyone else and go, well, they look different, and different is okay. I know that I'm walking the path that God has led me. There's a freedom in that. There's a freedom going, hey, you do you, boo. That's all good. I'm going to do this, and it's going to be different, and this is what God's called me to be. It's okay. What do we say? Different is okay. Different is okay. God's plan also for authenticity is to use your authenticity as a permission slip for others to be the authentic selves. For those of you that have been around a little while, you'll be like, I see what he did there. He got up there and he was really authentic and made funny jokes about himself in the mid-2000s. Did anyone look awesome in the mid-2000s? Let's be honest. <laughs> were you alive? <laughs> you were five, okay. But I told you some stories 
so that you would sit there and be like, <laughs> yeah, he looks silly. Uh, that's good he told a story. That's nice. Ah, oh, I suppose I could be authentic too. Not to that degree, because those are embarrassing photos. But when you are authentic, you let everybody else know that you can be authentic. It's permission giving. It's a permission slip giving. I remember um, I was sitting down with my new uh, youth group that I was serving and working with. To call it a youth group is probably not fair. It was like a lifestyle. Uh, I worked in this ministry called Wilder Motitangata for three years in Hamilton. And uh, it was pretty much full-time, even though I had a full-time job. And I'm sitting down with these youth one day, these boys, and I had this thought into my head and said, Dre, what the far out are you doing talking to these guys? These kids, didn't have a, don't, none of them have dads. You don't have a dad. What on earth? You can't speak into this situation because you don't know what it looks like to be a father. They lived in pretty hard times. You lived in hard times. You've got no ability to help them. Oh, they were looking for little ears. We might be okay. They, they went through abuse. Well, you went through abuse as well. So how can you help them? Now, for those mature above you, uh, amongst you, you already know where I'm going to go with this. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to my spirit so clearly and said, no, oh, you dork. It's because of those reasons that you're, you are qualified to speak to these guys. I brought you here because you've walked that walk. You've done the hooey. Now I want you to do the dooey. <laughs> you've done the dooey. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you knew what I meant. And so I was able to sit down with these guys who said, life sucks. You know, I've been abused. We have no money. It's crap. I'm going to go down this road. And I could stand there and say, hey, this is my story and I'm doing okay. You're going to make it through if you choose to. You're going to make it through. It's going to be okay. I tell the stories, I think I've said this before, but when I, uh, when I was a young Christian, I got saved at 17, when I left Invercargill at age 21, I'm going to be really honest. Those four years were tough years. And I got up to a lot of mischief, even as I was developing and working out my faith at a 17, 18, 19-year-old. And I had relationships with girls, I had more than one relationship with girls at a time. Now, I'm not trying to say this to look cool. It's actually really horrible and hurtful for me to say. I don't like talking about it. But if you are walking through some crap as a Christian right now, I want to tell you that you can make it through. I would never in a million years thought that I'd be standing here in God's grace. I remember when I got ordained in 2017, uh, 2015, that's when you become a pastor, and on the council, oh, sorry, on the national leadership team, uh, they have to approve if you're going to be, uh, on the, um, be an ordained minister. This is back in the day. And guess who was on the NLT? My old youth leader, who knew everything. And I told Michael Brown, who was my overseeing minister, or was going to be, I said, Michael, I'm not going to make it through. He knows everything. He looked like everything. And then he went away and he came back and he said, no, yeah, you got through. And I was like, was he not there? And he was like, no, he was there. And I was like, did he, did he say anything? Because it's probably lies. Um, 
He said, no, he didn't say anything. So I saw him at national conference, which we're going to tomorrow. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, Lyle, um, hey, why didn't you say anything about all the rubbish and crap that you saw in my life back then? And he laughed at me. This big Samoan laugh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was terrible. Move on. But he said, he said, what are you talking about? He's like, this is a testimony of how far you've gone. He said, you wouldn't have got this far if it wasn't that you've had major change in your life. He said, I heard that. And he said, I did this. And he said, I was just reminded that man, God can work because that guy was a hot dumpster fire. He was a hot mess. And here God has done stuff. And he didn't even need to know all the stuff in between. He just had a heart position towards he's going to do some awesome stuff. Okay. So to use your authenticity as a permission slip for others. To use authenticity authenticity as a diagnostic tool for our souls. When you're authentic with yourself, you can ask yourself with the Holy Spirit's help, where am I at? Am I doing all right? You do a warrant of fitness. You go to the service station and you get a service on yourself and you ask yourself, all right, am I doing okay? There are some of us, myself included, who are generally pretty good at self-evaluation. Is it, and, and I'm not trying to be arrogant, but is there anyone else that's like, I'm pretty good at checking my motives and making sure that I'm okay? There'd be probably 10% of us. Um, and I don't know, when I talked to Hannah about this, she's like, man, you're overly harsh on yourself. Maybe it could be interpreted as that, but I like to know where I'm at and do an evaluation of myself. And so you might look at yourself and go, okay, I want to do a diagnostic on myself. Let's compare to those slide we did earlier, all of those different things. You might go, am I loving? Um, Am I being honest about stuff? Do I have integrity? So God uses authenticity as a tool for us. See, I think the Holy Spirit often is the one threading together the tapestry of our spiritual lives with the needle of authenticity. That's wordy. But God, the Holy Spirit needles everything together. He brings all of the stuff together, the big blanket, the tapestry, with authenticity. He's like, right, we'll sew that up. Hey, you need to work on this. Hey, you need to be honest about where you're at with that. Let's sew that together. It's pretty cool. Authentic self-awareness, I call this. So if we take authentic self-awareness, what is that for? What does he do? What is God's plan for authentic self-awareness? He wants us to understand how he sees you. Who is your biggest critic? You're your biggest critic. So don't go and see how you see you necessarily. Don't start there. Go to God. Ask him how he sees you. Identify where you're at. Work with the Holy Spirit on our drops, the stuff that we've, we've got going on. Walk in the fullness of God's love and encourage others to do the same. That's his plan. God's plan is to have a truly authentic and real church. Now, it could filled with people like sinners, hypocrites, the confused, the weary, the poor, the depressed, and the broken. Now, some of you might right now be going, that's not correct. We shouldn't be those things. You're right, and I'm right. Look at that. We can both be right at the same time. We don't want to stay in this place, right? Right? We don't want to stay there. But let me ask you the question. If you are those things, do you want those people in this room? Yes or no? Yes. 
Do you want them a part of this church? Yes or no? Okay, so though we've got people who are hypocrites and working on stuff, I remember saying to several people, you know, yes, the church has hypocrites in it. That's like going, but, but getting angry that there are hypocrites in church is like getting angry at people who um, are out of shape at the gym, right? It's going to the gym and being like, you're overweight, look at you. I'm like, yeah, yes, I'm working on it, I'm here. And it's the same, all right? But we don't want to stay in those places. We want to move and develop and let the Holy Spirit grow us, right? And change our hearts. We don't want to stay there. But we do still want those people in church. Why? Because a fresh bunch comes. It's like a conveyor belt of God's grace, right? We want these people to come in, go through a process of the Holy Spirit working on them and developing them and, and with a bigger fano like this working on them. And then we go, great. But I don't want to ever at Cornerstone be like, wow, good. We've got none of those people. We're done. Well, no, the door should be open for all of those people to come. So if you see people in the church that look like that, help them, walk with them. Okay? Amen? All right. So if there's God's plan, then there's a devil's plan too. Authenticity, as far as the enemy is concerned, is not a good thing. the enemy's preference would be that you would hide stuff, that you wouldn't deal to it. One of the things I really love about Kingdom Brotherhood and Kingdom Sisterhood is they seem very intent to doing the opposite. What have you got in there? What needs to come out and bring it to the light in a community, in a safe environment? It's a very cool idea. So the devil's plan is for you to believe the lie that if I duplicate someone else's uh, to someone else's how, I can replicate their what. I'll say that again. The devil wants you to think that if you replicate somebody else's how, you'll get their what. It's just not how it works. It's not how it works. It's, and, and there's a lot in the Bible about coveting other people's things. I remember um, in the first couple of years of pastoring here at Cornerstone, we, had, we saw some really great growth, and we still see great growth. That's, that's awesome. I'm more interested in, in the growth in people's hearts. But I had, I had, and Hannah and I have got a funny story. We won't share it, but we're, no, yes, we will. Okay. <clears throat> we were in a place, uh, and this pastor came up to us, and he was like, are you the guy from Cornerstone in, in Rolleston? No, Roll, what did he call it? Rolleston or something. I can't remember. It was, it was wrong. And so that didn't start off well. I was like, it's Rolleston, okay? And he was like, tell me everything. How did you grow your church? Tell me everything. Go. I want the five-point plan. Go. Got out his little phone. was like, right, let's go. What do we got? What do we got? And I was like, "Uh, hi. (laughs) How's it going? And uh, and he basically wanted to replicate what we've done. And so what did I say? He said, what's your first thing? And I said, okay, this is honestly the first thing. And it is not something that we're boastful about because it's quite the opposite, isn't it, Warren? That the first thing we do as a leadership team is we go, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this situation? What is your plan for this series? What is your plan for the building? What is your plan for what we're going to do on this Sunday or on the school holidays? What is your plan? So we give God the opportunity immediately to do what he wants to do. And so that should, in theory, negate anything else, right? Well, now we just go and see what God wants to do every time. And he's like, yeah, 
uh, what's your other two, three, four, and five points? Because I'm not interested in those. He didn't say that, but you could tell. And I was like, no, no, yeah, so you, you need to go back. That number one is the main one. And I remember, he, basically, he was just trying to replicate what we do so we'd get, he'd get the same results. And I was like, dude, your town is a completely different space and place. You need to ask the Holy Spirit what your town needs and do that. I remember another time a pastor said, hey, there's this awesome conference in Texas. You should come to this conference. It's going to be amazing. They're going to teach you how to grow your church. I think we were year three or four. And he said, you're, 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 they're, gonna, they're, they're awesome. They're going to really help you. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. It's going to be amazing. You should come along. I said, man, I'm not, I'm not really interested. And I gave a lot of reasons. You know, it was like, I don't know, six, five or $6,000 to get there, go to the conference, come back. I was like, church, well, there's no point. And, and bigger than that, I just don't feel the need to go. And he's like, no, 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 you should come. All the other pastors, you're going to see your church grow. It's going to be awesome. It's going to get big. And I just said to him, dude, I'm not interested in growing a big church, but big people. And he was like, nah, man, you should totally come along. We're all coming. And eventually, this is a bit naughty of me, but he said, is it okay to have a pastor that's a little bit naughty sometimes? Um, but I said, he said, oh, you'll get 5% a year growth if you come to this conference. And I, that was too much for me. And I said, oh, 5%. Gosh, I said, if we had 5% growth um, in a year, we'd be going backwards by about fourfold. <laughs> And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, we're like 20% growth every year. So I wouldn't, wow, yuck. Oh, 5%, no thanks. And he was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And that was a bit mean, but I was not I was never going to go. But he got the idea. <laughs> All right. The devil's playing. Oh, here, I came up with a cool saying. You ready? I'd copycats. There's a, there's a lot of copycats out there. I'd rather be a stray living in freedom than a copycat bound by others' expectations. Who likes cats? Who wants to see a picture of a cat? There we go. Hannah thought this one was better. <laughs> I'd rather be astray living in freedom. I'd rather be, you know, a click out of my ear and missing a foot, but doing exactly what God's got me to do and turn up and be like, one eye and be like, meow. I'd rather be that cat than the big fat one being like, I just do what everybody else does. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing what everybody else does if God has led you to do so. Fear. The devil uses fear to motivate us away from our authentic self. If you're authentic, they will know you. They will know that you are not perfect. You can't have that. It's a lie. The devil's plan is to use fear to motivate us away from our authentic self. Another one. The devil's plan is to use your pride to convince you that your authentic is ugly. You don't want to tell people the truth. They'll see that it's ugly inside. It's not perfect. All right. Let me tell you something. Sometimes authenticity is ugly. Can I say that again? Sometimes authenticity is ugly, and that's okay. That's okay. I've got some authentic parts of my life that are a little bit ugly. It is okay. So he, but he's telling you a lie. It's not okay. It is. It is fine. And so what if it is? If you're standing on the other side of victory, you might have lost some battles, but you have won the war. 
It is okay to stand and, and let people know, yeah, this ugly side of me. You know, like I was just sharing before in my early 20s. I don't want to share that. It's uncomfortable for me. But I share that because I can say to you, I've walked a long way from there. I'm a completely different person. And that should be an encouragement to us all. All right. This guy. He needs Jesus. When we invite Jesus into our lives, and when we invite him on a regular basis to come in and do the cleansing, when we ask the Holy Spirit to come in, he does a wonder. Now, what's this called? Spoon of Time. I wish I had rhythm and could make that a beat. When we stop and we go, gosh, God, I'm not what I'm meant to be. Can you help me? I'd even be happy to be just light blue again. I, I'm purple. I don't want to be purple. I, I'd, I'd be happy to just be those one or two drops. Just help me, Lord. And you ask God in, and he does a wonder. We're going to use the spoon of time. Let's see what happens. Authenticity comes from a renewed mind. If you're wondering, how do I get authentic? It's asking the Holy Spirit to come and give you a renewed thinking. Romans 12 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, like everybody else, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and His pleasing, perfect will. When we ask God and say, look, God, because often this starts in the mind, the lies we tell ourselves, the situations we put ourselves in to fit in with all the other purples. Still light blue. That's okay. A renewed mind is when you sit there and you go, Holy Spirit, come, give me a fresh thinking. Start afresh. Would you come into my life and change things up? We've got to clear the cup. It's getting clearer, I think. Now, as a church, what does an authentic church look like? I want to say this. Uh, authenticity for a church should never be compared from the outside. Authenticity for the church is not authentic. Uh, Authentic, authentically one for the other. Uh, they can be at opposite ends of an expression and still be what God has called you to be. So I don't ever want to hear people saying, well, that church, they only use hymns, so they're wrong. Please, please, don't be so ignorant. <laughs> Who has ever been in a church where they use hymn books and maybe more traditional and God has moved? Thank you. God has done stuff, right? It's amazing. Or that church, they're all about flat screens, skinny jeans, and smoke machines. They're of the devil. Actually, perhaps God is working and doing awesome stuff in those churches too. And your preference isn't necessarily the plumb line of right and wrong. Ooh, what do you mean? 
Pastor, are you saying that sometimes I can get it wrong? Yes, yes I am. We can get it wrong. For me personally, if you're new to our church, um, I, coming from a production and a performance background, I've always kind of seen that as a performance for me personally. I have nothing wrong with it. There needs to be an element of that in church. But that's just simply not me personally. I'm not having a go at anyone. I'm not flinging mud. If you come to my house, it's mostly f- function rather than form. It just mostly is. It's just not how I'm wired. Now, is that bad or good? No, it's neither. It's just the way I'm wired. So as we do church, I'm probably more keen about what we're doing in people's hearts than necessarily the flat screen, skinny jeans, and smoke machine. I'm not wearing skinny jeans. We're okay. No, that's cool. I love skinny jeans. And I love going to those environments. I'll be one of those environments tomorrow, praising Jesus, jumping up and down. This is how we party. And I'll be there a thousand percent. But we are really wanting to be authentic. We, in this culture of Cornerstone, we want you to be like, yeah, I, want to, I can be real with you. We can go into a connect group and be like, I'm having a crap week. This happened. I did this. I looked at that. I said this. I shouldn't, ho- shouldn't have. And someone can go, yeah, you're getting purple. <gasps> it's working. It's got a little blue tinge. It's okay. Sometimes we wear scars, don't we? Who here's got a good scar and a good story? <laughs> yeah. Scars tell stories, bro. All right. What do I want you to know? That authenticity is what God wants in your life. What I want them to do, I want them to clear the cup. Go back to the Holy Spirit and have Jesus come in. What do I want them to feel? So I wrote this and kind of wrote the sermon to this. I want them to feel brave. I want them to feel like they have, you guys have permission to be honest with yourselves. And I want you to remember to renew your mind that renewing your mind is key. Hey, um, can I have my awesome people? Um, we're going to just take a minute. Do we have, can we have someone on guitar do something pretty? Would that be okay for a minute? Um, and I want you to take a moment. Um, the CLDP are going to hand out some little uh, cards, and I want you to take a moment to answer some of the questions in there. Is that okay if we do that? I was going to get you to take it home, but I've decided we'll do it today. Is that cool? And guess what? You're going to require some authenticity, some honesty with yourself. You don't have to put your name on it uh, because you might be name and then the most horrible thing that you've ever done in your life. You may not want to leave that on the floor. So you do you. That's okay. But if you want to write your name and tuck it in your Bible or put it in your purse, that's okay as well. We're going to just take a moment, maybe a couple of minutes, just as these are handed out um, and just reflect on them. If you need a pen, pens are coming as well. Cool. If you have your own pen, use your own pen and let the other ones use their cornerstone pen. You can take your cornerstone pen home with you if you like. We have thousands of them. Leave them at the dentist. Leave them wherever you'd like. Now the writing is small. I apologize if you need to take them home with your magnifying glass. That's okay. I'm going to pray just as people are doing it. Father, I just want to thank you 
that your spirit brings authenticity and realness and truth to our lives. I just pray, Lord, that the devil would not speak into our lives around authenticity in a fake way. Lord, pray that we would understand that authenticity sometimes is ugly and that's okay. That authenticity is a permission slip for others. That the enemy lies to us and says to be afraid of being true to yourself. And Lord, help us, we ask, that you would remind us that in you, through a renewed mind, we can be made clean, made fresh, and clear again. In Jesus' name. One more minute. I invite the worship team up, please. This might be something that you work on at home or sit during the worship and do it. That's okay. Can I also have my helpers? Please. Hey, didn't isn't this looking good? It's getting pretty good. Sometimes change happens over time, doesn't happen immediately. Right, let's stand. I think if you could boil that sermon down, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, guide you, speak to you. Don't have pride that says I'm perfectly fine. And the more authentic you are, the permission giving, more permission giving you become. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're doing in the lives and the hearts of all of us today. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we give you praise that you're a God that can make things clean and clear again. Amen. Amen. Cool. Thank you, worship team.